0: And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST.
1: This is Steel Rangers level murder here. Hey there friends, I'm Nuclear Yuki, and welcome, once again, to a nuclear reading show. Today, we're continuing on with K-Cat's Fallout Equestria. Oh, and if you like what I'm bringing to the cold, dark wasteland, don't be afraid to tell your friends about me, or find me on Twitter, as Nuclear Yuki. And since the gangs can be a bit feisty, Fallout is owned by Bethesda, and Hasbro made My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. With all that said and done, welcome, friends, to the Wasteland. Chapter 28, The Hour of the Wolf. Rage. Burning, explosive rage. In the moment I'd realised that the Steel Rangers had invaded my home, were killing the ponies inside, I saw red like I had never seen before. My nerves were hot, electric. I wanted to strike out, to slaughter the fuckers, to rip them apart from the inside out, to keep stomping until they were nothing but paste beneath my hooves. But my enemies, the murderers who were defiling my home, were not here. It would be hours, even at Calamity's best speed, before we could make it to stable two. I wanted to hurt somepony now. My whole body and mind and soul screamed for justice and retribution. And if I couldn't have that, at least some pony to buck. But the only ponies around were my friends. So I stood there and raged in silence. And they were wise enough not to interfere. Do you think I wanted this? steelhew snapped, pacing through the interior of the Sky Bandit. "'Stable 2 was home to Applejack's family. "'If anyone in the Apple family still lives, they live in there.' "'I ain't saying you aren't at this,' Calamity shot back. "'I ain't saying that you didn't do your damn best to stop it. "'I'm just saying that your best weren't good enough.' "'The rust-coloured Pegasus was pouring on the speed "'despite being at the point of exhaustion. "'And now it's my turn.' "'Zenith watched the argument. "'For once, not being the focus of the shouting,' She turned to Velvet Remedy, eyes large. This is your home? You and the little one. Why do the Steel Rangers attack it? Velvet Remedy shook her head. Each blink sent fresh tears down her charcoal cheeks. The wind whipped at her colour-streaked white mane. Resources, nothing more. All they see is a functional stable. In the very least, the water talisman is priceless. The apple orchard nearly so. She closed her eyes shuddering with a soft sob. At most, they want it as a base. My rage was beginning to ebb, the fire and fury unable to maintain itself without a direction to strike. I could feel numbness, sorrow and horror lurking behind it, ready to overwhelm me once the inferno of anger burnt itself out. You can't just prance in and start killing rangers. Steelhoof stomped. I don't see why not. As far as I can see... They're nothing more than a gang of heart raiders preying on the innocent. Calamity kicked his battle saddle, changing the ammo. Ponies like that need to die. And I am to kill them. It's my policy. Steelhooves turned to Velvet Remedy. You talk to him. And say what? Velvet's voice was hard as steel. Steelhooves grunted. That it's suicide for a start. He looked at us. Do you ponies really think you can take on a few squads worth of knights and paladins in magical armour? The ghoul's words hit home. The size of this was just too much. Who knew how many Steel Rangers were down there, each with weapons and armour and combat experience far in excess of our own? How was I going to save Stable 2? How could I fight that? I began to remember each and every pony I'd grown up with my teachers, my peers each pony at my first and only slumber party. I felt myself being crushed under the weight of this responsibility. I couldn't breathe. Y'all gonna be surprised just what we can do. The armour-encased ghoul rounded on the pegasus. I'm on your side here. Are you? I asked, finally breaking my silence. The others all turned a collective gaze on steel hooves. The Steel Ranger, the eternally obedient Soldier Buck had been backed into a corner, forced to choose between his loyalty to us and his oath to them. If that was all it was, then I knew we would lose. But I'd seen into his head, into his memories. Steelhoof's oath wasn't to the Ministry of Wartime Technology. It was to her. Applejack. And when it had come to defending her, there had never been a moral he considered sacred enough to let it stand in the way. If that still held true... Then we stood a chance. Steelhoofs didn't answer. That was not a good sign. But such a decision was hard enough without being further forced. I didn't dare push him. I needed him. I needed all of them. Well, that's just perfect, Calamity groused. Can you at least promise not to shoot us in the back when you do make up your mind? I wanted to tell the Pegasus to shut up. I knew Calamity had a right to say that. And right now, he was the one going beyond the pale just to get us there. But if I had any chance of not letting Stable Two down, not letting every pony I had ever known die, I needed my friends to pull together. We needed to be strong. Instead, I was drowning, and all about me, they were splintering apart under the tension. Velvet remedy nickered depreciatingly. Well, if we're making promises, maybe little Pip can promise that. If we win, she won't adopt any of them. I stumbled, feeling sucker-punched even as I was fighting to breathe. Oh, come on, little Pip, Velvet said, rolling her eyes. It is not past my notice that you have a habit of collecting ponies, and now zebras, who have nearly killed you. She shook her mane. I'll admit, I sometimes wonder if there isn't a part of you that is doing it to get back at me. What? What the hell? Well... "'Aside from just being the one who patches you up every time you get yourself hurt, "'I'm also the one who is at least a little responsible "'for you getting trapped out here to begin with,' Velvet pointed out. "'Her normally beautiful voice sounded frayed. "'I could tell this was the return of nasty, bitchy Remedy "'who dealt with the horrors around her by thinking poorly of her friends. "'I'd really hoped that we'd left this Remedy behind, "'but there she was, buried under the surface.' Just waiting for enough stress on the fault lines of Velvet's personality to set her free. Are you sure there isn't a part of you that isn't trying to punish me by surrounding us with the reminders of all the times we've nearly died out here? Wow, Nelly Calamity looked back. Is that how you think of me? Oh goddesses, please. I don't know if I could do this even with you. I can't do this without you. Stop! Stop it all of you. I stopped with all my hooves, shaking. We
0: can't tear apart now! Our home! My home! They need us! What good are we to them if we're just bleeding to death when we get there?
1: Bits and shrews! Calamity exclaimed. You're right, little Pip. I'm sorry. As am I, Velvet Remedy said. The good Velvet was, at least for now, back again. I don't know what came over me. I guess I'm just not dealing with this so well. So? Stillhoop's inquired, his voice calm as if the arguments had never happened. Do you have a plan? I felt the wind blow through my coat and mane, ruffling my utility barging under saddle packs and armour plating. I looked at each of them, suddenly feeling very small. My eyes fell to Velvet.
0: This can't just be my decision, Velvet. This was your home too.
1: My eyes pleaded with her. Silently, I begged her to help me. Please, Velvet, just please don't let this all be on me. This is home. These are our ponies. I can't have whether they live or die be all on me. I just can't. Velvet returned my gaze. In her teary eyes, I saw a kindness that told me she understood and that she would take as much of this burden from me as she could. "'Velvet turned to the others. "'Steel Hooves is right. "'I doubt we have the firepower to take on the Steel Rangers. "'And even if we do, we couldn't hope to without losses. "'So we look for an avenue of diplomacy first. "'I nodded, weeping thankfully. "'Suddenly, I could breathe again. "'There was an odd orange glow on the horizon, "'like an angry dawn was approaching.' But the glow was from the wrong direction, and there were many hours before the first hints of daylight. The sun and the moon had gone wild, raising and setting by their own whims. But even those whims seemed to have a clockwork precision.
0: "'What are we looking at?' "'Fires,'
1: Calamity answered. "'That out there's the Everfree Forest. "'Looks like Red Eye's got the whole backside ablaze.' Zenith queried. But "'Do you think Red Eye's troops might be near stable too?' "'No, not a chance.' Calamity answered. Those fires are over a day away. Wouldn't make no sense for him to be anywhere near Ponyville. I leaned against Velvet Remedy, using her soft body for physical support, drinking in the scent of her to calm myself. I was still trembling, trying to steady myself, fighting off waves of alternating rage and bleak sorrow. The stress was winding me up until I felt I would explode or shatter. Velvet Remedy was allowing herself the distraction of staring at the firelit cloud cover in the distance. I remember when I first left Stable 2. The cloud cover had breaks in it. I could see real sunlight. It was the most beautiful, warming thing. More beautiful than anything I'd ever experienced in my life. I thought, if there is something as wonderful as this out here, then the outside can't be bad. She chuckled sadly. Haven't seen the sun like that again. "'Sometimes I wonder if that isn't why this world feels so dark and hopeless.'
0: "'I
1: remembered a similar break in the clouds, "'pouring soft light of Luna's moon down upon Monterey Jack and I "'as we faced off on the Ponyville Bridge. "'It felt like a lifetime ago.' "'Ah, yep,' Calamity replied, "'missing the art and soul of Velvet's comment. "'The Everfree Forest don't work properly. i have always had a rough time "'keeping the cloud cover over that place. "'It's like the clouds want to move, all on their own.' Cloud curtain in the areas right up against it could get mighty patchworky sometimes. Steelhooves was staring in the other direction, his visor gazing out into the darkness. Finally, he admitted with a low rumble, ''I don't understand why Elder Blueberry Sabre is doing this.'' I felt that Remedy had covered that question fairly well earlier. Steelhooves let out a breath. ''This is far outside her territory. Elder Blueberry Sabre is the elder for the Philadelphia contingent of the Steel Rangers.'' Stable 2 technically falls under the purview of my Elder and the Manhattan contingent. Oh.
0: They can't keep Philadelphia,
1: I offered, feeling a fresh surge of fury as my thoughts touched on what must be happening every minute now.
0: Red Eye keeps growing stronger. The Steel Ranger's position there is stagnant, if not weakening. I think Velvet's right about them needing a new base.
1: The ghoul nodded inside his armour. Still... It should fall to Elder Cottage Cheese to take stable too. For him not to be there would be a considerable divergence from protocol, and to have two elders in the same place would be strategically unwise. In front, Calamity whinnied, letting all legs hang in the air and sticking out his tongue with an expression of disgust. Seriously now? You command an officer's name as Cottage Cheese? Did his folks hate him or something? Still, Hughes chuckled despite our dark situation. He does prefer to simply be called cottage.
0: I like cottage cheese,
1: I said in a very small voice. Hi, maybe your cottage cheese elder is pulling the same thing on blueberry saber that she pulled on Lil' Pip, Calamity suggested, sending her into a situation that he feels is a giant death trap. After all, don't he believe a bunch of rubbish about that Ministry of Awesome having the Black Ops stables and nonsense like that? Well, maybe not complete nonsense, I muttered under my breath. What do you mean by that, little Pip? Crap. Calamity had heard me.
0: Well, I mean that I saw Rainbow Dash and Pinkie Pie setting up Zecora to be a double agent for Equestria. Rainbow Dash said Zecora trained under the Ministry of Awesome's best trainers, which made it sound like M.A.W. did that sort of thing a lot. I
1: was met by stunned silence from everyone except Pilight, who cooed curiously at Velvet. I had been slightly worried that mentioning I had a memory orb of Rainbow Dash might lead to Calamity demanding a recollector. I didn't want my Dashite friend losing himself in the orb the way that Velvet often did with the Fluttershy orb. Zekora? Zenith asked, her exotic voice slow and cautious. Do you mean Zekora of Zekora's hut in the Everfree Forest? Whoops.
0: Um, yes. Turns out she was a friend of the Ministry Mares and close to... Was it really
1: a good idea to tell Zenith that Zekora had gone undercover to betray the Zebras? Zekora was a traitor. Steelhooves growled dangerously. She was selling weapons technology to the Zebras. He took a step towards me. She tried to give them the damn gun that could punch through Steel Ranger armour. Oh boy.
0: Uh, no, not really. That was part of her cover?
1: No, that is not true. Steelhooves insisted adamantly. Fluttershy knew a zebra? Velvet Remedy's voice asked. At least that revelation, thank the goddesses, probably didn't lead down dangerous paths. Oh, Lil' Pip, maybe you ought to be explaining some of those memory orbs y'all been looking at. I groaned. Even staying away from personal memories, like Steelhoofs' memory orbs, or dangerous ones like anything involving Fluttershy and the damn mega spells, this would take a while but part of me was thankful for the distraction. We still had a few hours to go. Burning hoof means what?
0: That's what she said.
1: I was still as overwhelmed by that as when I lived it. I'm still wrapping my mind around Fluttershy hitting on Applejack. Velvet chuckled with amusement. Even if it was for a good cause. Her eyes twinkled as she looked at me. I hung my head. I still had some torment coming my way after the barn door slip up, and I suddenly felt sure Velvet was drawing a whole new level of inspiration from the Yellow Pegasus. As if to confirm my suspicions, Zenith leaned close and intoned, You are doomed. Steelhooves had remained abnormally silent, even for the taciturn ghoul. Ever since I explained that first memory, at first, I thought that the revelation about Zakora had affected him or perhaps the confirmation of his theories about the Ministry of awesome. With time, I grew to suspect that neither was the case. Rather, I suspected that while we were distracting ourselves from the conflict that awaited us at Stable 2, Steelhoof was plunged deep into his own internal turmoil and was working through it as best he could before the moment of choice arrived. In a way, he was stronger than we were, or at least than I was. The sound of rapid-fire pops floated to up to us on the wind. We were approaching Ponyville. Sweet Apple Acres was still a good bit away, but in the stillness of the wasteland, the night air carried the sounds of battle great distances. Velvet Remedy whimpered. That's a lot of gunfire. Grenade machine guns. Steel Hooves noted. Like mine. Several of them. I felt myself trembling as my imagination insisted on conjuring images of what might be happening. They wouldn't be using that sort of weaponry inside the stable, would they? And if not, what were they doing? Suddenly, I pictured all the ponies of Stable 2 marched out into the nearest field of poisoned apple trees, lined up, and fired upon with grenades just for the cruel pleasure of seeing their bodies torn violently apart. I let out a low moan, tears in my eyes. I tried to banish the image. Surely even these monsters wouldn't be so vicious, so cruel. These were Steelhoof's brethren, not raiders, right? "'Monsters!' "'Velvet Remedy hissed next to me. "'I think you're right!' "'Calamity agreed, making me cringe. "'Please, no. "'This can't be what I'm thinking. "'It just can't. "'Red-ass fires are driving a whole mess of things "'towards ponyville "'Sounds to me like a few have wandered their way up to Sweet Apple Acres.' "'It was the deepest part of the night. "'There was a name for it that I couldn't remember.' That mystical black hour when all is darkest and you can't sleep, when the weight of all your sorrows and bad decisions comes weighing upon you most heavily, when the monsters scratch just outside your door. Velvet Rebity got up and started rummaging through the supplies we had stored in the back of the Sky Bandit. All those things we were keeping for trade, or had intended to stash back at Junction R7, but didn't want to burden our saddlebags with including every weapon Calamity had been able to strip from the ponies Stern had brought with her to attack my friends at the Philadelphia Tower. I began to reload my weapons. My choices were limited. Little Macintosh was powerful enough to possibly punch through a Steel Ranger's armour if I could hit a weak spot, and I had a single clip of armour-piercing bullets for my sniper rifle. Only my zebra rifle had sufficient armour-piercing rounds. Thanks to both the convoy, Calamity and I had looted outside of Philadelphia and some additional ammo he had liberated from Stern's slavers. I floated the zebra rifle right in front of me. My rage was beginning to boil again, pushing away the numbing pain. For once tonight, I put up a wall against it, trying to remain at least partially rational, not let this overwhelm me. Did I really want to use the zebra rifle against steel rangers? On one hoof, these were my enemies, and they deserved what they were going to get and the rifle was the best option I had for putting a mess of them down. but the zebra rifle's enchantment, the bullets would do a lot more than just push through the armour. I'd seen what happens to a pony who is set on fire inside a suit of armour, and the memory still horrified me. Was I ready to go spike against these ponies? What is that you are wearing? Velvet Remedy responded gracefully. We are going into battle against truly dangerous opponents. How foolish would I be to not go in wearing armour? "'and this is the best armour I possess.' "'Velvet Remedy was wearing the zebra legionnaire armour. "'Unless, of course, you wish to wear it,' Velvet said kindly. "'I think you have more claim to it than I do.' "'Zenith considered that a moment, glancing towards steel hooves. "'No, Equestria is my home.' "'Oh, horse apples!' Calamity muttered to himself, wincing, then speaking up. "'Oh, Velvet? Lil Pip? I've got a request.' and feel free to say no. I know it's asking a lot, and I have no right to ask. He paused a moment, then pushed forward. But if we're gearing up for a big fight, then I've got some stuff sashed not so far from here that might help. Only add about 50 minutes to our flight. I promise. But that's 50 minutes from them rangers could be killing your kin. I was ready feeling each second drop away with blood. 50 minutes more than we'd already taken so long. I couldn't bear the thought. No! I said firmly.
0: We can't give them a minute more, much less fifteen. I took a deep breath. But if you think it will help, then drop us off at the stable door and go. You can meet us...
1: No, Velvet interrupted. Splitting up is a bad idea. I don't want Calamity wandering the stable alone trying to find us. We'll all go in together. She was right. My suggestion had been a bad one. Calamity, go ahead, she continued. We've taken hours to get here. If fifteen minutes more is going to make that much difference, we've already lost. I know you wouldn't want to bring this up if you didn't think it really would help, and anything that helps us get through this alive is worth fifteen minutes." Calamity extended his wings, changing course. Sweet Apple Acres was now looming into view, the rolling hills of feeble trees bearing poisoned fruit, the old barn still standing, surprisingly intact. Y'all yeah, won't be able to use the barn until next spring. I suddenly imagined that Applebloom had torn the original barn down while they excavated the stable too, then rebuilt it afterwards. When Stabletech builds something, they build it to last. I could see sparkling lights in the air, like part of the night sky had descended through the clouds and landed in the middle of the farm. A swarm of evil stars, pinpoints of muzzle flashes danced across the ground all around it. Zenith drew a sharp breath. No! What is it? The zebra's eyes were wide with horror. Starspawn! What the Steel Rangers fought was a horror out of zebra legends. A creature from beyond the moon, unleashed upon the world eons ago as a gift from the stars. The creature was massive and completely invisible save for the surging, living constellations of light that seemed to float around inside of it. I brought up my eyes toward Sparkle but while the compass burst with lights for the ponies on the ground, most of which were a hostile red, my pitbuck couldn't lock onto the entity they were fighting at all. As far as it was concerned, nothing was there. Gunfire from the embattled steel rangers poured into thin air, and the starry air attacked back, crushing them while sending them flying. Rockets exploded, bathing parts of the creature in fire long enough to get glimpses of its shape. I felt only mildly reassured that its structure seemed at least vaguely pony-like, with a head, body, and four legs. An eldritch roar blasted across the cloud-trapped heavens. It sounded like the cosmos was screaming in rage. My first instinct was to try to help. I wanted to run to their aid. It actually took a moment for me to remember that the ponies down there were our enemies, but not all of them, at least according to my EFS. And wasn't that enough? We've got to help them, Steelhooves insisted, voicing my own thoughts. You want a diplomacy? This would be the first step. You can't hope to fight a starspawn, Zenith gasped. What manner of fool are you? All you can hope to do is run and hide. Have you met us? Steelhooves asked, and with those words, I knew he had made his choice. Detour abandoned, Calamity winged towards the barn and flew us into the storm. Steelhoof stood on top of the Sky Bandit, his grenade machine gun tearing at the virtually invisible monster as Calamity circled us around again. Pegasus Buck was doing his best to get us as close as possible while keeping us outside the Starspawn's striking range. Not an easy trick, being unable to properly see the creature. The Steel Rangers on the ground had been nearly decimated. There were at least a dozen corpses in crushed of mangled armour. Nowhere near the forces that Steel Hoof's estimated to be sent to the stable... I can make out three remaining from the dim light of their EFS visors and brilliant flashes from their weapons. One fired off a pair of missiles. They exploded against the transparent height of the monster. The star spawn retaliated, an unseen appendage connecting with the armoured knight with a sickening crunch. The pony flew through the air towards us. Yow! Calamity cried, dodging. I could see the pony was dead as it arced past us internal organs pulverised inside gruesomely dented armour. Pylite shot out past us, streaking the creature with balefire, washing part of its back with flames that quickly died away. I focused, trying to wrap the entire entity in a magical field. I had no intention of moving it, but as the magical aura spread about it, the creature became clearly outlined. It was far bigger than I thought, but at least now we could properly dodge the alien behemoth. Velva Remedy cast her anaesthetic spell at the cosmic beast. Her magic hit it square in the head. The creature stumbled, phased for only a few seconds, then let out another unearthly roar. ''Dang it! She's so just too big! We ain't doing more than bee stings to her!'' ''I told you!'' Zedek warned, cringing. ''You can't slay a starspawn. You best be thankful this one is but a baby. A full-grown one would have devoured all of Ponyville without even noticing.''
0: ''That's just a baby?''
1: I asked in shock as the monster stepped backwards, colliding through the barn, the last building standing on Sweet Apple Acres. The barn, which had weathered apocalypse and 200 years of the wasteland, came crashing down. I felt a pang as I watched the barn I'd witnessed Applejack and her friends together in during the sunnier, happier times be obliterated by the uncaring misstep of the starspawn. ''Little Pip, keep that glow up!'' Steelhoofs ordered as my telekinetic field began to slip. Calamity, bring us around in front of the thing and hover. Velvet, have that spell ready again when I say. Ash, I hope you know what you're doing, Calamity said as he brought the Sky Bandit directly in front of the monster's snout. Now, Velvet. Velvet Remedy focused, unleashing a small bolt of magic that splashed against the head of the creature. Again, for just a moment, it was stunned by the same magic that would completely paralyse a hellhound for nearly an hour. A streak of smoke shot out from the top of the sky bandit above, a steelhoose fired off a single rocket. I watched as the missile shot through the glow of my magic and beyond, where the hide of the creature should be, lodging inside the monster's transparent star-motored head. The star spawn let out a howl that tore us from the sky. Calamity fought to regain control before we smashed into the poisoned orchard below. A moment later... The missile detonated. Its explosion accompanied by a gut-wrenching, wet, splotchy sound. We hit the ground seconds before the Starspawn's body did. I bounced around inside, banging heavily against the benches and metal walls. Bursts of pain blossoming throughout my body. The Sky Bandit rolled, crashing through several trees before coming to a stop. Calamity hung limp from the harness. Velvet Remedy lay amongst the scattered supplies, moaning... I could not see where steelhooves had been thrown to, or zenith. My pit buck was clicking madly. I felt the warm stickiness matting my mane. I reached up with a hoof. The lightest touch brought dizzying pain and shooting lights. And then darkness. The bright spotlight from steelhooves' helmet found me. Zenith trotted beside him, looking annoyingly unhurt. She had, I would learn, jumped out a window as we crashed, landing in a controlled roll that left her unmangled save for her mane.
0: Is every pony okay?
1: I asked weakly. Never better, Stillhoof said. The way my pitbuck was clicking, he may be telling the truth. You flew through a tree, Zenith countered. Your back should be broken. Hard to keep down a counterlock ghoul, Stillhoof replied. I got the feeling he enjoyed the way she gasped in near horror, stepping quickly away from him.
0: That's us!
1: I smiled weakly. Full of surprises! I looked at Steelhoofs.
0: How did you kill the starspawn? That was amazing!
1: I'd seen an Ursa once before, back in the war. Steelhoofs replied. From your outline, look like the monsters they turned into weren't too physically different. Just a bit nastier and a lot harder to see. "'So I fired where an Ursa's eye socket ought to have been "'and hoped for the best.' "'Calamity had come to with a weary groan, "'finding himself hanging upside down in the Sky Bandit's harness. "'He waved his forelegs, "'as if hoping to flip the entire passenger wagon back over. "'It wasn't going to work.
0: Uh, "'Here, let me
1: help!' "'I called out and magically unhooked the harness. "'Calamity fell onto his back with a thump. Oof! "'Velvet Remedy hobbled out of the passenger wagon.' Dragging our medical supplies with her. I realized that we had probably scattered our belongings across a hundred yards of irradiated cropland, but that would be a task for morning. First, we had to get through the night. At least I hadn't lost my weapons. Every pony and zebra gather round, Velvet said politely, dropping her saddle boxes to the ground. Your medical pony is going to patch you all up before we proceed further while simultaneously managing to not take it as a bad omen that she's having to heal your wounds before you even get inside the stable door.
0: Hold up right there, ponies!
1: A voice ordered from the darkness. Two helmet spotlights pinned the group of us. Two steel rangers who had survived the Starspawn battle were moving towards us, weapons pointed. The light from their EFS visors, letting me know that they have their targeting spells locked onto us.
0: Oh, wow!
1: Came a sweet mess voice from the second suit.
0: Look, it's Elder
1: Steelhooves. Star Paladin Steelhooves. The other corrected swiftly. And keep your weapon locked on him, Knight Strawberry Lemonade. That one turned to face our ghoul companion. We have specific orders to send you on your way. You will not interfere with this operation. That was awesome, Steelhooves, sir. The younger knight gushed, turning off her EFS. How did you kill that thing, Knight Lemonade? The Elder Steel Ranger turned with a growl. You will bring your EFS back up and lock it onto your targets. Do you even realise which stable you are attacking? Steelhoof's asked evenly. This is stable 2. The stable built to preserve the Apple family and the ponies of Ponyville. This is the Apple family's farm. That barn had been the barn that the mayor of the Ministry of Wartime Technology, Applejack herself, had grown up in. That stable holds her kin. You are attacking... The family of the Ministry Mayor of Wartime Technology. It is you who should leave in utter shame. We have our orders, as do you. You are not my commanding officer, Paladin, nor is Elder Blueberry Sabre. who stood his ground. And even if you were, these orders are wrong. This operation is a disgrace and any pony involved in it does not deserve the title of Steel Ranger. The orders I'm giving you come from Elder Cottage Cheese himself. You are to leave at once and take your tribal friends with you. The Paladin turned to the Knight Once, and you bring up your eyes forward, Sparkle, and lock on target. That is an order, sir. Knight's Strawberry Lemonade faltered. Elder uh, Star Paladin Steelhooves is right. This operation is wrong. The paladin turned to face the knight, a back-mounted light machine gun swivelling to lock onto her now. You will bring up your sparkle and lock on target or you'll be facing a court-martial for disloyalty before sun next sets. The paladin growled. Do I make my... <laughs> the paladin fell, twin bullet holes forming black zeros on his armoured helmet. Knight's Strawberry Lemonade backed up in shock. The rest of us turned to calamity. What? I'll give diplomacy a chance. I obviously wasn't about to join the good guys. Velvet Trembody's horn glowed softly as she did her best to heal the gash on the back of my head without binding my whole face with bandages. Fortunately, she said it looked and felt far worse than it actually was. Elder Cottage Cheese is dying, Night Strawberry Lemonade said, filling steelhooves in as best she could. I mean, I know he's been dying forever. But just this last month, not even the medical bed seems to be helping anymore. He's focused on taking Stable 29 before he dies. That's where he is, with Star Paladin Crossroads. He invited Elder Blueberry Saber to lead the acquisition of Stable 2, along with Star Paladin Nova Rage. Of course he did, Steelhooves commented. Star Paladin Crossroads had pushed for me to become an Elder. She has the same sentiments that I do. Cottage must have known there was no way Cross would agree to the taking of Stable 2. He stomped. Star Paladin Nova Rage, on the other hoof, is an MWT traditionalist, just like Elder Blueberry Sabre. Calamity wiggled his left wing. It had suffered an injury in the crash, and now Velvet had mummified it in bandages. I reckon this cottage fella wants to crusade her in Stable 29. Live forever inside a machine. But that's insane! I
0: asserted. The Crusader can take an imprint, a copy of a pony's mind. But it's not like the pony actually becomes part of the machine. Cottage would just be dead as when he died.
1: Unless, Velvet Remedy suggested, he thought he could really put himself into it, mind and soul. It took me a moment to realise what she was thinking. A soul jar. Blackwing's talent group had been hunting for information on the black book for some pony. Now I suspected I knew who. "'If a soldier could be made out of anything, why not a crusader?' "'I suddenly imagined the elder who ordered the attack on my home "'living forever in an indestructible computer. "'There was no way I could let that happen. "'He didn't get eternal life as a reward for this murder.' "'Still Hooves continued to speak to Knight Strawberry Lemonade. "'In the end, she told him, "'Look, I believe you're right, and I'm willing to stand aside, "'but I can't follow you in. I can't attack the other rangers.' Her visor turned towards Calamity. Or oh, cooperate with tribals who do. who's nodded, putting an armoured hoof on her shoulder. I respect your decision. You are doing the right thing. He turned to us. Are we ready? I stood, floating the zebra rifle to my right and Little Macintosh to my left. From what the knight had told us, Elder Blueberry Sabre had left a fifth of their force guarding the way in. A precaution against us as much as the horrors slowly emptying into Ponyville from the Everfrey Forest. Truth was, I was not ready. But every moment spent talking and healing was one more for the four dozen Steel Rangers inside to tear their way into the security and Overmare's wing and slaughter every Pony they hadn't killed in their initial strike. They couldn't wait for me to be ready. We go! Calamity brought up the rear. His sharpshooting would be critical should we be flanked. I kept glancing back at him, watching his reactions as we passed through the tunnel beyond the apple cellar. It was not like the sanitised little tour he'd been given in Stable Tech Headquarters. ''This is Velvet Remedy's home,'' he muttered. ''Little Pip's home.'' I'm pretty sure he didn't know I could hear him before the Pinkie Pie statuette. I probably wouldn't have been able to. ''I've got to be strong for them. Not go crazy.'' I can't just charge in and kill every armoured bitch I see. I need to be strong. Need to watch for them. Need to protect them. I can do this. The skeletons which littered the floor had been crushed and broken, trampled by an army of metal hooves. I felt a twisted sickness welling up within the reservoir of rage that was filling my head. No pony knew who they were, but they deserved better than this.
0: I felt part of my
1: anger turn in on myself. Why had I not returned to bury them? They died at the door to my stable. But then, the equestrian wasteland was filled with skeletons. I hadn't treated any of the others any better. Not even the skeletons of Apple Bloom or Pinkie Pie. But at least I hadn't defiled them. I hadn't smashed them under hoof without even caring. The door to stable 2 was wide open. Velvet Remedy and Steel Hooves were our diplomats, so they were in the lead. I wanted our steel ranger to have a shot at wooing any other rangers before we had to shoot. So Velvet Remedy was the first to step back into the place that had once been our home. She stopped with a painful gasp. I galloped up to meet her. The entrance room was as grey as the maintenance areas of Stable 2 had been, but now it was a cacophony of colour splash all over it. The pretty colours of pastel-coated ponies lay in pools and sprays of darkening crimson. The mare had sent a dozen ponies to meet whoever was coming in. Only two of them, stable security guards, were armed. The others had come bearing only hopes of friendship. Scattered near the open muzzle of a magenta-coated young mare was a bouquet of flowers, a welcoming gift. The white flower petals were stained red, and the steel rangers had gunned them down. The pony in my head stood teetering on the edge of a great dark spiral. A bath covered with bones that led forever downward into blackness. The currents of my rage pulled her towards it, a tidal force of crimson pouring into the abyss. I pulled her back, and my rage shattered. horror and sorrow and hurt that had been building just behind flooded in. I collapsed to my knees, sobbing openly. "'That's it!' I heard Calamity say. He sounded so very far away. "'Fuck Diplomacy!' Any who was part of this,
0: who even stood by and watched, is a dead pony.
1: I realised I recognised the yellow-coated mare who lay disembowelled in the corner. But I couldn't remember where I'd met her, or what her name was. And that made it so much worse. Why couldn't I remember her name? She deserved to have her name remembered. She deserved to be alive! Velvet Remedy, her own face wet with tears, up and wrapped her forelegs around me, pulling me into an embrace as I heaved and spluttered and wept wretchedly against her armour and coat. "'Little Pip has been strong enough,' I heard her say. "'This is my home, too. I'll take it from here.'" Calamity, Zenith and I formed our stealth team. As soon as I could quiet myself and move again, Velvet Remedy sent the three of us ahead. We were no longer looking to negotiate unless they offered the white flag first. Instead, we would strike first, fast, and with finality. The first steel ranger who I pumped full of bullets from the zebra rifle died in agony, screaming as his internal organs burst into flame, cooking him from the inside out. I didn't feel any remorse, no sympathy, nor did I feel glee or even a grim satisfaction. "'My emotional deluge had left me fiercely numb and focused. "'The act was necessary and right, "'and beyond that had no more emotional impact than brushing my teeth. "'I no longer even felt a twinge of revulsion "'for what Spike had done defending his own home. "'We passed more dead ponies in every hallway. "'The Steel Ranger's attack had been brutal, "'but there were not nearly the number of dead that I would have expected. "'The Friendship Committee had been a well-calculated play on the Overmare's part.' and when the steel rangers showed their true intentions right there in the entrance, they gave her enough forewarning for a rushed evacuation into the security and overmare wing. I both loved and hated her for that. So far, the maintenance wing had been hit the worst. The steel rangers had moved to secure it first, probably to prevent any pony from sabotaging the technology they were the most interested in. The ponies down there had no time to get out before the rangers had cut them off. I turned the familiar corner... "'and found myself face to face with a pitbuck technician's stall. "'A fresh surge of emotion hit me "'as I saw the black scorch marks on the walls that I had once cleaned. "'A red trail of blood rang along one wall, "'dipping at the end until it met the corpse of my mentor. "'If I ignored the missing leg, "'I could almost pretend he was asleep on the job again. "'This was not the mural I had once hoped for. "'I was crying once more, my vision blurring, "'making the lights of my EFS swim.' The door to my mentor's office lay open. There was movement inside. A red splotch upon my compass. I waved the others back and started to creep forward. The steel ranger never saw me coming. I floated a little Macintosh up right behind her head, just to the left of the fins. I unloaded the full cylinder into her brain. She was probably dead after the first, but I didn't care. I turned to walk out and froze as I spotted my mentor's hammock. There was an empty sparkle-caller bottle, and a maintenance book, TLC Squared, tender loving care for totally lost causes, laying on the floor beneath it. I remembered how my mentor would skim that book, while talking in a direction vaguely connected to where I was sitting in rapt attention. Shedding tears of painful nostalgia, I floated the book into one of my saddlebags. I heard the distinct sound of Calamity's battle saddle. A moment later... Zenith and Calamity dove into the pitbuck technician's stall. The hallway outside erupted in flame. <laughs> little Macintosh just ain't stealthy, little pip! Zenith pulled out a jar of the small saddlebag she'd been using to carry her herbs and mixtures. She tossed it onto the floor, where it shattered, spreading a licorice scented goo. The zebra clopped her forehooves in the goo, then her hind hooves. The rush of flames down the hallway stopped. A moment later, a grenade bounced into the room. I grabbed it with a telekinetic shroud and floated it back the way it came. I heard the shout of alarm just before the explosion. Damn it! I hate unicorns! The steel ranger said, letting us know he had survived largely unscathed. I turned to Calamity and... where was Zenith? I looked around, then up. She was crawling along the ceiling. The goo on her hooves providing a magical adhesion similar to the spell that the slavers on the train had used against us weeks ago. She crept up to the doorway of the stall and peeked out, looking both ways before slipping back and mouthing, Two. With small nods of her head, she indicated where, giving Calamity the same information my EFS was giving me. I reloaded Little Macintosh. Then she snuck out, keeping flat to the ceiling, silent as a ghost. Calamity waited until the moment she dropped onto one of the steel rangers, then rolled out, facing the other and fired a single double shot. I charged out. Swinging little Macintosh around as I kicked on my targeting spell, but Zenith had already crippled the other pony, her hoof strikes resonating through armor to pulverize internal organs. I let my jaw drop a little as we finished him off. Fallen Caesar style scared the crap out of me.
0: As we swept
1: further into maintenance, we started seeing glowing piles of green residue or pink ash, all that remained of ponies killed with magical energy weapons. "'scattered amongst the massacred ponies of Stable 2. "'Calamity found that disturbing. "'My EFS told me there were four steel rangers around the next corner, "'near the door to the generator room. "'I relayed this to the others. "'I'll take Calamity said, starting to move forward, "'but I put a hoof on his shoulder and shook my head. "'Calamity frowned. "'He didn't want to back off, but he did so anyway. "'The Pegasus and the Zebra held position.' as I galloped silently back to where Velvet Remedy and Steelhooves were waiting. A moment later, Steelhooves trotted past Zenith and Calamity and rounded the corner. His missile rack was open, his weapons primed. "'I am Star Paladin Steelhooves. "'I am declaring an end to this travesty of an operation. "'We do not assault the stable of the mayor of our own ministry, "'and we do not slaughter innocents when she was dedicated to protecting ponies.' His voice rumbled with command. You have two options: side with me and stand by your oath to the principles of our ministry, mayor, or stand with Elder Blueberry Saber and Star Paladin Nova Rage and be gunned down. Then you admit you're a traitor. One of them called back. You stand down and submit to arrest. Wrong answer. Still, who fired? <laughs> the hallway, which was torn apart in a blaze of light, heat, and shrapnel. I don't think I'm going to be able to wear this armour anymore, he said, stepping back around to where we were waiting, his armour smoking and peppered with red-hot shrapnel. Which is a problem, since I cannot take it off. Honestly? Calamity said with a grin. "You ain't never look finer. Zenith slipped through the back door of the Stable 2 saloon. I followed close behind. Getting a surprisingly pleasant eyeful of the Zebramez hindquarters. I found myself cursing the slavers who had scarred it so. The back of the saloon was a darkened kitchen. Well, darkened until pylite flew in and landed on one of the pots sitting on a stove. The Balefire Phoenix had almost returned to normal, but was still shedding off enough energy to glow like a torch. Mr. and Mrs. Sparkle Cider were dumped in a far corner, their bodies bleeding into each other. Mr. Sparkle Cider had always given me free ice cream when I was younger. Well, "'until he caught me lock-picking his wine cabinet. "'His wife had been one of my mother's friends. "'Mrs. Sparklesider's hind hoof was caught on the door in the walk-in freezer, "'propping it open. "'All of the ice cream inside was slowly melting, swirling in pools with the sherbet on the floor. "'I felt an uncontrollable rage sweep over the numbness. "'My heart was pounding in my breast. "'It's clear,' Zenith whispered, "'looking out into the saloon itself. "'I passed the message back. "'A minute later,' I crouched in position at the door, loading the last of my bullets for Little Macintosh. The magical bullets. Calamity and Zenith remained in the kitchen, taking their turn as rear guard. Steel Hoof stood in the saloon, looking out of place amongst the rich pseudo-wood decor. Velvet Remedy, however, moved with purpose, almost gliding up to the raised stage, the magic of her horn playing against the terminal and soundboards. Velvet Remedy had a plan. A moment later, she strode to the edge of the stage, looking down at Steel Hoof's. My mind flashed back to sneaking into the saloon, an underage blank flank, hiding in the back of the crowd and watching as nearly adult Velvet Remedy performed. Her music moved my soul, and often it was agony not to dance. Ready, she said, and her horn flared. Attention, Steel Rangers. Steel Hooves began. His voice boomed throughout all of Stable 2. Velvet Remedy had commandeered the public address system. This is Steelhooves, founding member and oldest living of the Steel Rangers, star paladin of the Manhattan Contingent. I call on you to stop and consider your oath. Consider where you are and what you are doing. Do your loyalties lie with Applejack, the Mayor of the Ministry of Wartime Technology, the creator of the Steel Ranger Arbor and the mare, who, by her own hooves, the sweat of her brow and the honesty of her heart, forged the Steel Rangers. Or is your oath to the fearful, greedy ponies who abandon all that she stood for, turning us into little more than technology raiders, hoarding toys from the past because they have forgotten that it is virtue, not trinkets, that makes a pony great. Ponies who now turn their eyes on Applejack's own home, commanding that you slaughter her family for their greed. These orders, this operation, would be an abomination in the eyes of our Ministry Mayor. Applejack was put in charge of the Ministry of Wartime Technology because she was the bearer of one of the elements of harmony. And the ruler of Equestria recognised the calibre of that. Do you think it was the virtue in her soul or the jewellery on her neck that made Applejack a bearer? Today, you must choose with who your oath lies. Surrender this ignominious goal and join by my side, reaffirming your oath to the protection of the citizens of Equestria, just as Applejack dedicated her life to, or continue in this disgraceful act and face the wrath of those who choose to stand true. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. The glow around Velvet Remedy's horn faded. Steel Hooves looked up at her. ''Well, how was that?'' She smiled brightly in response. Three Steel Rangers charged into the saloon, battle saddles filling the room with flames and machine gun fire. Steel Hooves fell in the first volley. I stared at the Steel Ranger, collapsed in the spreading pool of the ichor that ghouls called blood. I slid into sats and fired the last of the black rounds into them, felling one and crippling the second. I dropped Applejack's gun, and swung about the Zebra Rifle as three more poured in. Behind me, I could hear the explosive blast of Spitfire's thunder, as Calamity decapitated the first Steel Ranger to try to get in through the back. One of the five remaining Steel Rangers fired a pair of missiles up at Velvet Remedy. The singer Unicorn threw up her shields as the three rockets detonated against the underside of the stage, spraying the air with jagged chunks of wood. Another turned towards me, levelling what looked like an anti-materiel rifle at my head. No, bellowed Velvet Remedy, her horn glowing and her voice magnified. This is my stage. The room blazed with light conjured from Velvet Remedy's horn as she made herself the centre of attention. The Steel Ranger in front of me sidestepped as Velvet Remedy's light show blinded her. The distraction gave me enough time to fire a burst from the zebra rifle, one bullet tearing through the visor of my opponent. One of the Steel Rangers responded to Velvet with a roar from her twin miniguns. Velvet's shield held. I fired three more armor piercing shots from the zebra rifle into the minigunner's head. Seeing the flash of fire through the bullet holes, I could smell the pony's brain roasting. Velvet whipped out her combat shotgun, firing at the invaders, but the armor proved more than sufficient. It did not, however, protect them from her anesthetic spell. The steel ranger I had crippled went down. Another steel ranger fired up at her with a back-mounted sniper rifle. The bullet tore through her shield and armour. I saw the look of shock and hurt in her eyes. Pilot swooped in for the kill, blasting the downed ranger and the two still standing with radioactive flame. Their suits protected them against that as well, but the flames obscured their vision. I slid in and out of sats, spraying each ranger till I was out of armour-piercing ammunition. Spitfire's thunder sounded again. A moment later, Calamity and Zenith galloped into the room, knocking me over. I realised I could smell gas. Somewhere deep in the stable, I heard a deep explosion that didn't sound like a firearm or grenade. Alarm shot up my spine, as I wondered if the Steel Rangers had managed to blow the security doors that the bulk of my home's population was hiding behind. Zenith turned, grabbed me in her mouth, and pulled me from the doorway. The kitchen erupted, an inferno pouring out into the saloon, and setting fire to many of the pseudo-wood tables and chairs. Not one word about my name, Calamity panted, looking at Zenith. And then he saw Sealhoof and froze. A moment later, Where's Velvet? I pointed upwards towards the stage. I could see her fallen form. In the eerie silence that followed the battle, I could make out the sounds of drops falling from the stage to the floor below. No, he whispered. His wings propelled him up from the stage far faster than either Zenith or I could have made it by hoof. The orange-maned pegasus landed and pulled Velvet Remedy into an embrace with a gasp.
0: "'Ow,'
1: whispered Velvet Remedy. "'Shush now, you silly pony,' Calamity said, holding her. "'You don't got yourself shot. "'But you're going to be round as rain soon enough. we got ourselves the best medical pony in all of the equestrian wasteland.' "'I started up the stage towards them. "'Zenith was right behind me. "'Ow!' "'Velvet said again, then added, "'I was a silly pony. is Velvet Remedy!' Calamity gently insisted. "'You beautiful, wonderful mare. Now shush it!' "'I reached the stage just in time. "'I don't know what Velvet had started to say, "'but this time Calamity cut her off with a kiss. "'Oh!' Zenith whispered in my ear. "'I have been waiting for those two to do that since I first met them. "'I was stunned at first. Then I realised that the little pony in my head wasn't feeling the slightest a bit envious or jealous. She wasn't happy, exactly. But that had more to do with the situation we were in and the fact that Velvet Remedy was bleeding all over calamity from a bullet wound. The air filled with an odd, unholy sound from down below. A chill filled the air. Steel hooves stood back up. My jaw hit the floor. I had sorely underestimated what it meant to be a cantalot ghoul. I didn't have time to marvel... ''Oh, fuck!'' I moaned as two steel rangers took up positions outside, aiming grenade machine guns at the front windows of the saloon.
0: ''Everypony, we've got to go!''
1: The steel ranger mare stepped through the door on the far end of the bathroom and opened up with a grenade machine gun of her own, blowing up the stalls and toilets between me and her. Heat washed over me, searing my lungs. Shrapnel cut my armour and flesh. "'leaving me bleeding from dozens of small wounds. "'Outside, Calamity and Zenith crouched behind a row of lockers "'which I had floated into a barricade. "'We were getting close to the school "'where I had once taken my cutie aptitude test, "'and the place was swarming with steel rangers. "'I was out of ammo for little Macintosh "'and was actually beginning to fear for the zebra rifle. "'We'd been lucky taking them on one or two at a time, "'the element of surprise on our side, "'but now they were alert and moving against us by force.' Only the narrow hallways prevented us from being surrounded or utterly overwhelmed. A missile flew over the lockers, exploding against the wall behind Zenith and Calamity. The explosion blew them both hard into the barricade. Calamity rose up, dazed and bleeding. Zenith didn't get up at all.
0: Steel hooves! Velvet!
1: I cried out.
0: We need your help!
1: The two of them were guarding our rear. Velvet, considerably worse for wear after downing both of our remaining extra strength restoration potions. She needed to stay out of the heavy fighting, but we couldn't spare her entirely. The further we got into the stable, the more ways to flank us opened up. Another thunderous explosion sounded from somewhere deep in the stable, followed by more. Water sprayed from all the destroyed toilets. The Steel Ranger's hoofsteps splashed as she approached closer. Give it up, little pip. Crap. Surrender now. An Elder Blueberry Sabre might just spare you and most of your friends. You won't get that offer from Nova Rage. Yeah, like
0: that was going to happen. I don't suppose I could talk you into surrendering to us? I called back. Is mass murder really the Earth Pony way? Fuck you.
1: She retorted and opened up another barrage of grenades. I wrapped all the debris around me in telekinesis and pulled it together, creating a shield. It didn't work very well. The first explosion blew the debris out of my magic's grasp, pummeling me with it. I felt bones break as pain surged throughout my body. More grenades detonated about me. My pitbuck screamed as every limb registered as crippled. My pitbuck politely told me I was dying from internal injuries. I couldn't feel them. My body was in shock. All I could feel was cold. Two missiles streaked through the air overhead, entering the room from behind me. They hit the sea <laughs> ranger, blowing her off her hooves. She slid across the wet floor and collapsed in the corner, unmoving.
0: "'Little Pip!'
1: Velvet Remedy cried from forever away. I lost consciousness. My eyes blinked open. I couldn't feel my body, but somehow I was still alive. My EFS was reading my condition as bad, but stable. I was looking up. I could see the lights of stable two overhead. Heard their ever-present buzz.
0: "'Where am I?'
1: "'Really, little Pip,' Velvet Remedy chided kindly. "'With your habits of gross injury, "'you can't tell me you don't recognise Stable 2's clinic.'
0: "'Calamity? Zenith?'
1: Velvet Remedy's face leaned into view. "'The good news is that all three of you "'are going to survive reclaiming this floor. "'The bad news is I've used up all our medical supplies "'and an unhealthy portion of the stables to save you.' "'She glanced away. A few of Zenith's bruised, too.' Elder Blueberry Sabre has pulled most of her ponies back into the apple orchard. Steelhoof said, She's worried now, and with good cause. She's worried? They nearly killed us, and we were nowhere near the security on Overmare's wing yet. I didn't understand why they weren't just swarming us and wiping us out. I said as much. Because there are less of them, and possibly more of us. Steelhoof said bluntly, about a fifth of the rangers she was leading didn't take too well to what was going on down here. Star Paladin Nova Rage killed one of them for disloyalty, and Elder Blueberry Saber locked away the rest of the dissenters by a welded door. And that explained why diplomacy hadn't been working. All the ponies that the diplomacy might have worked with, the Elder had locked up. They're trapped in the school, Velvet interrupted. Steelhoofs has been speaking with them. If we can get them out, we'll have nearly a dozen steel rangers on our side. "'Unfortunately, we're having a bit of trouble with that. "'But Elder Blueberry Saber doesn't know that. "'As far as she knows, the moment we took this section, "'we got a whole lot stronger.' "'I tried to get up, only to realise that not only could I not feel pain, "'I couldn't feel anything. "'Velvet Remedy had used her anaesthetic spell on me. "'I tried to get up again, fervently sending the signals from my brain "'to a body that I couldn't sense that ought to make it move.' My body heaved, and I fell onto the floor with a thud, bludging my nose. I couldn't feel that either. Now look who's a silly pony, Velvet Remedy giggled. Stop that, or I'll tell Homage that you're into bondage and spankings. I couldn't feel myself blushing, but I'm sure I was. As extra punishment, Velvet let me lay there on the floor as she turned her attention to Zenith. The zebra was still unconscious. Calamity trotted in a short time later. "'I'm afraid there ain't an easy way to get that door open. "'Best bet is to cut through it with a blowtorch, and that'll take hours,' he whinnied. "'On the plus side, seems like that's what the enemy's trying to do with the S&O wing, "'only those doors are a hell of a lot thicker, and there's more than one of them. "'Best bet, we've still got a couple hours before they're through.' "'I forced my body to roll over, feeling an uneasy sense of accomplishment "'when I managed it on the third try. "'I found myself staring up at the ceiling rather than at my friend's.' which significantly diminished the victory. You know, magical energy weapons would melt through those doors a whole heap of a lot faster. Steel Ranger's battle saddles aren't equipped with magical energy weapons, Steelhoose replied. That is an enclave design. Yeah, said Calamity in an odd tone. That's what I figured. My gaze fell upon the great to the air ducts. Unfortunately, while I was small, I was no chimera. I couldn't fit through them, but...
0: Pilot! What's that, little pip? Pylite can get through the air ducts. She can carry a blowtorch to the good guy steel rangers trapped inside the classroom. Let them cut their way out, I suggested. Plus, she can carry in food and water to them while they work.
1: I like it, Calamity said, the grin I couldn't see evident in his voice. Freeze us up to continue the mission while we're still providing a diplomatic relief. We had a plan. So did Elder Blueberry Sabre. While we were busy, the bitch had welded shut every entrance into the atrium except for the passage through the apple orchard. The orchard was a huge, open space with only thin trees for nearly useless cover. She could amass her forces inside, creating a kill zone while a few of her soldiers worked on cutting through the security doors. The best plan I could come up with was to float more lockers in front of us, forming a wedge two lockers deep and two lockers high. Still, Hooves and Calamity were going to join me. Velvet had clearly taken far better care of us than herself, unwilling to use up more than the minimal medical supplies on herself that we might have, and did, need later. She was still partially crippled from the gunshot wound, and I insisted that she stayed behind as a liaison with Pyolite. Zenith promised Calamity that she would stand guard over our wounded medical pony. To claim that I was in good shape would have been an outright lie but the pain I was in when the spell wore off was not the worst I'd felt. Definitely better than being sat on fire by a dragon or bucked between the thighs by a scarily strong raider. I could work through it. My legs, fore and hind, all seemed to work, if stiffly, and I could breathe without too much effort and feel my heart beat. Plus, I had my magic and my pit buck. I was not in optimal fighting shape, but I really didn't need more, and there were ponies counting on me. I'd already seen too many ponies who I recognised lying dead on the stable floor. I wouldn't allow Elder Blueberry Sabre or Star Paladin Nova Rage to add to that number. Still, Hooves trotted up behind me as I floated the lockers into formation. A moment later, another Steel Ranger trotted up. Only it wasn't a Steel Ranger. Wearing a Steel Ranger's armour from the neck back, his black Desperado hat was still firmly on his orange mane and he held Spitfire's thunder in his mouth. What are you doing wearing that armor? Still, Hooves demanded. Calamity just gave him a look. Okay. Then how do you expect to fight in that? Magically powered armour requires months of training to perform even adequately in. Watch me! Calamity mouthed through his grip on the unique anti-machine rifle. I shook my head, sending up a prayer to Luna for our coming battle, and a prayer to Celestia to keep Zenith and Velvet Remedy safe. I telekinetically triggered the door. My brilliant battle strategy lasted about two minutes. Like with the debris before, my magic couldn't hold the lockers against the explosive force of their missiles and grenades. I was forced to plant our barricade in the ground, creating a makeshift pillbox about 20 yards into the orchard. The steel rangers quickly surrounded us, firing into the lockers, slowly tearing away at our shielding. Our line of sight was limited to small cracks between the lockers, purposefully not large enough to allow a grenade. Even so, I had focused my magic on flinging all grenades back at our attackers until they stopped trying that. The gaps were too small for Steelhook to fire through. Calamity was using Spitfire's thunder to great effect, downing a Steel Ranger every time one was foolish enough to make himself or herself visible. The noise was deafening in our metal cage. My ears were ringing so badly I felt I would vomit but I stayed farther the But the Pegasus was down to less than a half a dozen rounds of the rare ammo. Even after having pilfered some from the battle saddle of the anti-machine rifle ranger in the saloon, and the twin machine gun battle saddle integrated into his armor couldn't be aimed through the tiny cracks. The zebra rifle was out of armor-piercing bullets, and the normal sort didn't have the penetrating power to take down a steel ranger. I was using my sniper rifle now. It too was out of armor-piercing ammo, but a well-placed shot to a weaker part of their armor would still go through. Part of me felt chagrin that I was becoming so practiced in defeating Applejack's creation. Calamity and I kept firing. Son of a... Calamity mouthed as his fired the final shot, to motion to me that he was out of ammo. My hope had been that we would take out enough of them to make moving again an option. From all the red lights on my eyes forward sparkle, we had done admirably, but we were still doomed. I'd walked us into a trap with yet another stupid plan, and this time, I'd probably gotten all of us killed. I wasn't ready to give up just yet. It was about time to try a rush and a gallop. Steelhurt and Calamity still had their battle saddles, and for the first time, the one pony not in any danger of running out of ammo was our finally being willing to scavenge ammo help relentlessly. I focused, floating the lockers, and hurled them in all directions, aiming at the red marks of my EFS compass. There wasn't a lot of force behind the throw, but I released them just before they hit and suddenly they went from flying weightless lockers to flying damn heavy lockers. A chorus of thuds rang out as several steel rangers were clobbered and trapped underneath. Unfortunately, steel ranger armour made them strong. They began to buck the metal weights off faster than I expected. We took off at a gallop, running across the orchard to the opposite door. Gunfire and explosions erupted all around us. Dirt and wood filled the air. A missile roared past me disappearing into the foliage of an apple tree before exploding as an applesauce splash in my face. Steel Hughes fired forward, clearing a way ahead. Calamity, bemoaning the magically powered armour the a lack of wings, spun and poured out a suppressive fire behind us. Several Steel Rangers fired back with light machine guns and miniguns, but their shots glanced off the power armour he was wearing. Calamity swiftly turned, racing to catch up before one of them returned his fire with a missile or sniper round. He was doing far better in the suit than Steel Hooves had anticipated, but nowhere near as well as Calamity himself had expected. Still, it looked like we would make it. I pushed as far as my battle weakened, an overstrained body would take me, and I was the first to reach the door. It was locked. And trapped. Of course. But this was not a problem for me. Well, not one of skill or tools, but it was a problem of time. Calamity and Steel Hooves reached me as I attempted to disarm the explosives. Steel Hooves began to guide me through it, his skills far surpassing my own, while Calamity turned to face the approaching rangers. Give. It. Up. Called out Elder Blueberry Saber as the Steel Rangers advanced, encircling us. I heard a click as the bomb disarmed. Now for the door. I heard more clicks as every enemy Steel Ranger in the apple orchard reloaded. Elder Blueberry Saber called out again. Last chance. Give. It. Up. I sighed. Damn it. This was the damn Ministry of Morale rooftop all over again.
0: Why don't you just kill us?
1: Because now she needs to make an example of me. Still, guessed. And she knows that will go a lot smoother if she has hostages I care about. Or maybe I just need a good lockpicker. Blueberry Sabre answered. ''Somepony who can get me past a security door.'' ''Oh. Hell. No.'' A deep explosion rang out. One of the Steel Rangers fell, her midsection torn through. Several friendly lights suddenly danced across my EFS compass. But that was impossible, I thought. The Steel Rangers upstairs were still hours away from being freed. We wouldn't be getting reinforcements, for... A magical energy pistol appeared, pointed at Elder Blueberry Saber's head. It was held by a familiar-looking Griffin, the hood of her cloak falling back to reveal her head. Blackwing? Elder Blueberry Saber's eyes went wide as she realised the situation had dramatically changed. Where did you come from? Blackwing smirked as she pulled the trigger, a green beam from her pistol striking the pony between her eyes, turning her into a pony-shaped glow of luminescent green. God sent me! Elder Blueberry Saber collapsed into a luminescent puddle. The battle had changed. Arcs of magical energy from the small group of griffins were exchanged with the artillery fire of the steel rangers. Calamity and steel waded into the fight while I struggled to unlock the door with my telekinesis. The door unlocked with a satisfying click and slid open. Beyond, I could see the atrium, but even before I could see it, I could smell it. The cloying stench of burnt pony hair and the reek of spilled blood, pooling and drying by the gallons. "'smashed into me like a speeding wall. "'This room had become a slaughterhouse. Colorful, innocent ponies lay dead everywhere. "'In many cases, the same ponies could be seen in multiple places. "'One of the steel rangers had unleashed a grenade machine gun in the room. "'I stepped into the atrium over a pink leg blown off at the knee. "'I saw a yellowish clump of matter sliding down a wall, mixed with blood. "'It took me a moment to realise it was part of a pony's brain. "'I looked up and saw the colourful banner.' "'The Steel Rangers had interrupted a cutie mark party. "'I felt rage. "'Pure, unadulterated rage. "'I met three Steel Rangers on the atrium balcony "'at the top of the stairs. Two of them were wielding auto-axes "'and were working their way through the third and final security door. "'They had about half an hour's work left to go. "'I wrapped each of them in magic, "'floating them up and turning them towards each other "'before they could react and turn the auto-axes off. "'The magically enchanted blades... Did exactly what they were designed to do cut through messy. The flesh beneath offered no resistance at all. It was gruesomely messy. I dropped them, but kept the auto axes, turning to face the last of the Steel Rangers. Star Paladin Nova Rage, I presume? The Star Paladin stared at me. Yes, and you are? Run! The adrenaline had once again left my body, and I hurt, physically and emotionally. It was literally all I could do to stand up. I had exercised my rage, but that left only despair and a deep sadness. The hour was long over, the blackest hour whose name I couldn't remember, where the darkness of the world is echoed most heavily by the darkness in the soul. But I was still trapped there. Blackwing joined me as I waited for Velvet Remedy and Zenith. The overmare had surely been watching everything through the stable's friendly pie observation system, and she had not yet opened the door. God knows you've flown to Irate without contract. Content to negotiate compensation after the fact. The Griffin explained.
0: When we heard the distress signal, she decided to give you the benefit of the doubt and asked if my talons would be willing to help. I'm thankful you said yes,
1: I replied with a grim smile. My gaze kept drifting up to the gaily-coloured, happy, cute Signera banner. Calamity trotted about, flexing his wings, thankful to be out of the Steel Ranger armour. I do not envy Steel Hooves! He looked up. How did you appear right next to the Elder like that? Stealth buck? Zedith trotted up to the steps of the atrium balcony. She stopped abruptly upon seeing Blackwing. Velvet Remedy collided with her backside and stumbled with a moan. She was crying again. Calamity flew to her, wrapping her in one of his wings as she moved onto the balcony. My girls had to make do with stealth books, yeah, but I. Where did you get that cloak? Blackwing gave the zebra a tolerant smirk. Yeah, as I was saying, zebra stealth cloak. She fixed me with a serious look. You have more friends than I thought, kid. We'd barely made it past New Appaloosa when this peg a school and a kid flagged us down. Turns out they'd heard the distress signal too and wanted to pitch in. "'Practically gave us enough stealth bucks to get in "'while all you ponies were busy with the star-spawn "'and wage a war of our own. "'Not to mention the cloak, "'which I would note I insisted on paying her for.' "'I looked over the railing at the other griffins "'in Blackwing's talons. "'The deep explosions I had heard before "'were now obviously from Butcher's little Gilda. "'I think she wanted to come in herself, "'but, well, she has a kid.' "'A frown passed across Blackwing's beak, "'who I'm really hoping she adopted,' "'Because if not, ew, I'm sorry we didn't get to you sooner.' "'Butcher called up to us, managed to get ourselves trapped in the generator room for the longest time. "'But then you ponies came along, and not only take out the guards sealing us in, but most of the door too.' "'I was standing in an abattoir that had once been my home, and yet I found myself laughing. "'It was not a good laugh. It was a hurting, horrified, emotionally wrung-out laugh.' the laugh of a pony that can't scream or cry. I forced myself to stop as the security door slid open. The overmess stood there, gazing at us. Behind her was a throng of terrified ponies. Is it safe? One of them asked. I find that I couldn't find my voice, and was petrified. Aye, yep. Calamity answered for us. Ruled out the last of them. The ones in the school are good ponies who just got wrapped up in something really horribly bad. They'll be leaving soon with us. "'The auto-axes were making cutting through the welded door a much quicker task. "'Thank you,' the overmare said to all of us. "'Then she shooed the other ponies back inside. "'They did not need to see any more of what had become of the atrium. "'Little Pip, Velvet Remedy, would you please come in?' "'The overmare motioned for us to enter the formerly sealed wing. "'Calamity slid his wing from Velvet and poked her towards the overmare with his nose. "'She moved slowly, but with a ladylike grace. "'I followed.' feeling clumsy and small and horrible.
0: Then there was blood
1: everywhere. Sparkling Cider did a wave of his hoof like this, then fell down. As the overmess slowly guided us through the crowd towards her office, a familiar voice froze me in place. Mother? I looked up, and there she was, standing in a small clique of friends, notably absent of Mrs. Sparkle Cider. She turned and looked at me with a vaguely scandalized expression. Is that a little Pip? She asked one of her friends. The other mare answered in the affirmative. I don't even recognize her. Mother said, not with awe or maliciousness, but as a casual statement of truth. I felt all the life drain from me as she looked me over. My blood turned to ice water. My stomach knotted up, then sank to the lowest part of my body I could find. "'The world seemed to stretch away from me.' "'She turned away from me, "'delving back into her conversation, "'my presence barely augmenting her tail. "'I was traumatised. "'I mean, I'm going to have nightmares of this forever. "'I'm going to need therapy. "'And as horrible as this sounds, "'my first thought was that will never come out of his apron, "'because he was wearing that lovely one with the... "'I spotted the glow from her horn, "'so very soft, and the bottle floating nearby.' surrounded in the same light. She was drunk. Of course she was drunk. That's how she had always protected herself from whatever crisis she thought she was still going through, and this had been a real one. Still, she was alive, and exactly the same. I was right here again. Mum? Suddenly, Velvet Remedy was between us, and her hoof was striking my mother across the face so hard it knocked her down. I stared... Velvet Remedy had just hit my mother. Velvet's voice sounded like she was throwing all the hurt and rage in her behind it. It wasn't a scream, but it was somehow much louder than that. You have suffered nothing! She turned from my wide-eyed mother and lowered her head, pushing me away. (laughs) There are no thanks which are enough for your bravery and heroism. The Overmare told us, thanking us yet again for coming to Stable 2's rescue. And, Little Pip, I owe you such an apology. You are always welcome here. This is your home. I looked up at the Overmare, then down at my body. I was caked in blood. Maybe half of it mine. No! No? The Overmare asked.
0: I have no place in here. Not any more.
1: I looked up at Velvet Remedy, who was laying on a couch in the Overmare's office across from me.
0: I've been outside for five weeks, and look at me. As much as I try, I'm not the same pony I was when I left, and I never can be. The wasteland has changed me, bloodied me, maybe even poisoned me like it has everything else outside. I can't come back. I can't bring that poison in here.
1: I think it's already gotten in, the Overmare said sadly. I nodded.
0: I know, but these ponies are good ponies, innocent ponies. They need to treasure that and hold it as long as they can. You need to wash away the blood, clean away the bodies. Try to make Stable 2 right again. Tonight will be enough of a nightmare already.
1: The overman nodded. Then, is there anything I can do for you in return for all you've done for us? I thought about it, then looked into her eyes.
0: Yeah. First we need to arrange some sort of payment for the Griffins.
1: Payment? The Overmare blinked. Ah, I see. They are mercenaries. Mercenaries who came to Stable aid without contract or promise of payment, Velvet Remedy swiftly added, because they trust us to do right by them in return. Then I will not sully your reputation, Velvet, darling. The Overmare turned to me. And there was something else?
0: "'Yeah, I want access to the Overmare's records.' "'That she did bulk at. "'I want to look at the population records. Nothing more.'
1: "'Somehow she liked that even less.' "'I do as well,' Velvet Remedy said, getting up and moving to my side. "'I was still conflicted, wanting to simultaneously hug her "'and buck her for striking my mother. "'You know,' the Overmare said softly, addressing Velvet.' When I gave you Sweetie Bell's possessions to look through, it was with hopes that her rich history as a musician would persuade you to accept that as your career. I hadn't expected you to use the opportunity to find a way to escape. She frowned. CMC3BFF. Clearly, I needed to give the recordings of a previous overmare a much closer inspection before allowing them into any pony else's hooves. Velvet Remedy shook her head. You had to have known. "'I may have suspected, but I thought that you would make the better choice.' "'I did make the better choice,' Velvet Remedy said firmly.
0: "'I
1: found what I was looking for in the population records within the first few minutes. "'She made it! Applejack made it into Stable 2. "'She was here when the stable door sealed. "'According to the records, she lived peacefully for another twenty-five years.' They're happy, or at least as happy as some pony could be, living in a stable and knowing the world above had been obliterated. Still, she had survived. According to the records, she spent ten years down here bucking the stable's apple orchard until a hip injury forced her to retire. The doctor's addendum suggested that weakening hips might have been a genetic ailment common to her family. Even after that, she spent another ten cooking for the stable's inhabitants from the kitchen of what was now the Stable 2 saloon. She passed away peacefully, and, unlike other stable residents who were incinerated, the overmay insisted she be buried in the apple orchard. She was... I paused in my reading. I walked into Paulette's stall. The always messy, paint-splotched artist of stable two had survived the slaughter and was already diving into a new project. The steel ranger stood very still in front of her, obediently at attention. "'as she painted over the symbol of magical sparks and gears "'with three candy-red apples. Steelhoof plodded up to me. "'I'm no longer fit to wear Steel Ranger's armour, "'but I can't take it off,' he said as I took in his new look. "'Like the Ranger being painted, "'he too had the Steel Ranger's symbol painted over "'with the likeness of Applejack's cutie mark. "'The red paint continued from there, "'accenting the ridges and edges all over the rest of his armour. "'So I thought this would be appropriate.' I was a little surprised he didn't go with orange, but I could see sticking with the cutie mark's colour. They're all doing it! I asked, looking at the Steel Ranger being painted, and then at the line down the hall. Every pony who has decided to return to the true meaning of the oath. That is, the oath as Applejack would have wanted it. He whinnied. We won't be able to call ourselves Steel Rangers anymore. I won't be able to. He grumped. That's going to take some getting used to. What will you call yourselves then? I suggested,
0: Applejack's Rangers?
1: Hmm, I'm hardly worthy of that. But maybe. We will see. For now, we are simply outcasts. He looked away, his metal sheathed tail swinging. I have to go for just a little bit. I'm taking the others up to Stable 29. I've been in contact with Star Paladin Crossroads, and she immediately joined the cause. She's already planning to make Stable 29 into some place we could operate out of. All it needs is a functioning water talisman. But there's another problem. Elder Cottage Cheese? As Calamity would say, uh, yep. Steel Nickered. Looks like you were right about him. Cross says he's sent a squad of Steel Rangers to the Council of to retrieve that black book for him. But they haven't returned yet. If we can get to Stable 29 before they do... You have a right. Do you really think Calamity can haul ten more steel rare outcasts all the way to Fetlock? It is a passenger wagon, I commented. Besides, have you met us? Steel Hooves laughed. All right, but after you drop us off, you need to head on to Ten Pony Tower. No more delays. I'll catch up to you later. I promise. I nodded solemnly. I was going to hold him for that. I started to walk away. Then remembered what had caused me to seek him out. Steelhoofs,
0: we need to talk somewhere private. <laughs> Applejack didn't leave you. Steelhoofs
1: shook his head. Yes, she did. She chose to be with her family, and I don't blame her for that. I never have. He paced a little. We weren't exactly. Our relationship was in a bad place. We were trying to put it back together. But it really wasn't going to work, and we both knew it. I loved her, and I let her go. I whimpered inside, but stood firm.
0: No, Applesnack,
1: I said, using his real name.
0: She loved you. She tried to come back to you, but the overmare wouldn't let her.
1: He stopped pacing and looked at me. Wouldn't let her? She helped her
0: family into the stable, and the overmare closed the door. Applejack didn't know that the Stable 2 Overmare was under strict orders to not open the door for anyone under any circumstances. Not until the atmospheric and soil monitors read that the world above was clean and safe again. It's been two hundred years. I know. Stable Tech grossly miscalculated how long it would take. But that didn't matter because there was no way Sweetie Belle was going to let Applejack out. Applejack wanted to leave. She wanted to find you. The record for Applejack is full of annotations about her arguments with Sweetie Belle over this. But of course, with her condition, and with the readings outside, there was no way Sweetie Belle was going to let her back out.
1: Steelhoof stomped. Wait, her condition? Was she hurt? If those zebras... I could feel my heart sink. Oh, goddesses. He didn't know. Steelhoofs, I said, my voice sounding tender and small in my own ears.
0: "'Applejack was pregnant!'
1: "'I swear,' the Overmare huffed, "'this is why I didn't want you becoming a medical pony.' "'Velvet Rambody glared at her crossly. "'You just can't help yourself. "'You dig and pry. "'You and Little Pip are a match, you know.' "'Velvet took a deep breath. "'You have a serious problem here. "'Have you even looked at the population reports?' Do you have any idea how many of the original inhabitants of this stable were extended members of the apple family? By Celestia, even little Pip and I have a common apple ancestor six generations back. I had stopped just inside the overmare's office, watching the two mares argue. Neither had noticed me. That's not a big deal. Six generations is a lot. This entire stable is in danger of becoming completely inbred. Velvet Remedy shot back. I'd say that's a big deal. Little Pip was wrong. You can't stay locked up in here for much longer. Hello? I finally said. The two mares turned to look at me with matching shocked expressions. Maybe there's another way. One last detour. It was a small one. Fast. Fifteen minutes tops. We'd be back to pick up the Steel Ranger outcasts and ferry them to Fetlock before they knew it. And then it was on to Tenpony Tower. I needed homage. I needed to just fall to pieces in her embrace. I found one. Velvet Remedy read the words scrawled in foal-like letters on the side of the metal monster rusting in front of us. It was a cannon, and it had probably been rusting here for years even before the war. The goddesses only knew what it had been doing in this secluded portion of Sweet Apple Acres. The trees here grew close. The cannon would have only been visible to a Pegasus flying almost directly overhead, and it certainly didn't seem pointed any place strategic. The small patches of the old metal muzzle were still polished enough to reflect the orange light of the rising sun. The base was partially sunken into the ground amongst several large rocks, making the weapon camp strangely. Nearby was a crumbling picnic table. There were a few planks of wood nailed to a dead tree behind me. How would this have helped? Xenophast calamity. I had to admit I was asking the same question. The old metal monster couldn't possibly fire. Calamity chuckled. Not the cannon. He trotted around the pile of large stones that the base was partially leaning against. He tapped his hoof on one, then another. This one? A rock? I asked. The rock of destiny. Our friend said, grinning cryptically. I was tired, physically and mentally exhausted. I couldn't keep up. Destiny is a rock? Even Velvet Remedy was looking confused. Calamity sighed. Hollowed out rock, he explained. Well, this rock has been used by every Dashad since the first Pegasus was hunted down by the Enclave and branded for leaving. It's enchanted to open only for somepony who don't know the proper passphrase. He looked down at the apparently special rock. Every Dashad has put something in here. Some token of the life they left behind. How did a Pegasus enchant a rock? Velvet Remedy asked. Calamity shrugged. Well, I assume she had some pony else do it for her. Or perhaps a zebra helped her, Zenith offered. Calamity took a deep breath, tapped at the rock again with his hoof, and said loudly and clearly, Cutie marks don't matter. Footnote. Level up. Skills note. Firearms has reached 100%. New perk! Zebra Augmented Pony. You have allowed your body to be permanently enhanced through Zebra Alchemy. You gain plus 10% to your poison, fire, and radiation resistances, and plus 3 to your damage threshold. Note! Zebra Augmented Pony and the cybernetic implant perk, Cyber Pony, are mutually exclusive. And now you see why there are some ranges that I do like. Them's outcasts are mighty fine people, battled all across the South here, kicking the shit out of the nasty ones. I'm just mighty sorry for Pip and Velvet having to go through that with their home. Fuckers. I'm glad Blueberry got herself done in. No pity and Pip or Applesnack doing the killing. Anyway, music now. Here's the Broker Wing
0: Blues from the Wasteland Whalers. Enjoy, people. Well, I bit the bully. I drunk a try. Heart is spilling over the sides of a tall glass of whiskey. That's killing me. My wings were broken, all feathers and flames.